Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to the Director's Answer, the podcast that is coming to you a day late and a member short. I'm Matthew and I'm joined by Alex. Say hi, Alex. Hello, Alex. Sorry, hi, Alex. Hi, sorry, Alex. hi, sorry, hi Matt. Follow instru- if I give you instructions, follow them at least. <laughs> okay, sorry. This is what happens when I try and, and watch the highlights uh, from the weekend's matches while we're recording. I got very distracted. I was just watching Tad Furlong's hijinks, which we'll get to just now. And with but, and with us is Ben. Uh, ben, you can my freestyle your greeting. <laughs> hello, Matt. Hello, Adam. I mean, hello, Alex. <laughs> God damn it. And okay, oh, what a fuck of guys. Should we just call it a day now? Yeah, I think this Adam, is in the episode right here. It's and, gone shit. Yeah, and yeah, even though Ben's greeted him, Adam is not here. He has shit to do. I think he's last I heard he's feeding his wife and there's a meeting he needed to attend. So he sends his condolences and apologies. Um, I think, yeah, with that out the way, let's start at the beginning with the news. And this is a story that broke last week, or beginning of, yeah, sort of beginning of last week, and we just haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. Um, there were six players found doping, or not dope, uh, tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs at the schools, at the SA Schools Craven Week. And if I remember correctly, it's, this is the highest number that they've caught or caught or found tested positive in a long time i think the next closest was four in 2014 okay and they tested what was the number of kids they tested it was i can't remember off the top of my head now and i was looking for the article but google didn't throw it up again um, so just wait, they, they, they don't test everyone by the sounds of it they te- they tested i don't know if it by the because the article just said they tested this many tests and that included spot tests pre-game tests post-game tests and all that so i mean some guys were obviously tested more than once and some guys were likely not even tested at all mm-hmm. and there was also so, we, we, i mean the obvious question are more people doping or are we just getting better at finding them well this is what i was going to say now um because the, craven week was quite a while ago and the tests mm. are only coming out now because or the results of the test because the our water we our whatever our lab in bloom lost its mm-hmm. water certification which is a world athletes doping so oh. it's the so we had to send it overseas we had to send it to i think spain if i remember correctly to actually do the tests oh wow yeah so it's t- it's been a minute as well since the tests were even done so hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I would. But, yeah, I don't Did know. You guys have you guys read that? Um, Herbrand, Herb. Sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm eating chips. So I butchered that. Herbrand, Krobler article, the interview with Krobler. No. Uh, the previous essay, I think he was essay under twenty, played for Western Province. Lock. He's currently in France, and he was handed a two-year doping ban. But you guys know about Krobler, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know who he is and everything. Yeah, yeah. 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 So there's a really, really, really good article that someone did with an interview with him about his doping ban. Like, he opens up about it. And 
um, it's quite interesting. Like it's it's a good little insight into the realities of doping at junior levels because he talks about basically like the pressure he felt like he was under as a you know rising star because he was always earmarked to do really really well, and the fact that he at, like at some point he felt like he couldn't kind of get bigger or stronger just naturally. Um, and he was, in his particular case, he was hit by a number of injuries and he couldn't get back to where he was before the injuries organically, he felt. So he resorted to um, doping, which obviously was, you know, ill-advised in hindsight. But yeah, like I think there's, you know, we've always said that it's an often underlooked problem in South Africa and I think this kind of confirms it. Like, it's interesting that it came out in the same week I think I think it's very worrying that it's happening at a at a schoolboy level, especially. I don't because yeah. I'm not surprised. To, 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 be, honest. to be honest, I, I like, like you you see so much of it, and but I I just think there's a general problem with I don't know if it's a global problem or a South African problem, but people just taking schoolboy rugby far too seriously. Yeah, because look, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm I can say from my experience, we didn't have much. But, I mean, my school hardly ranked up, so none of the guys were under pressure to bulk up and all that. So I know f- from my experience, I come from a, what would be almost a sheltered. I mean, the only guy I know who most probably even dabbled in that shit was lifting weights recre- or for aesthetic reasons anyway. So it wasn't even for, for you know, sake of sport or whatever. Because, I mean, yeah, our guys were all hockey players, and they're not big. But I was wondering, yeah, I know you two... Whereas, yeah, whereas you two, I think, were, may, may have been a bit more exposed to it. Yeah. yeah. I'm just speculating, though, as well. I'm not... But, but obviously, I, I still follow, like, my my school, you know, just, you know, like, I'm on, I follow their Facebook, and sometimes I'll just, and I still get the yearbook and stuff like that. I'm sure you both do. No. But, but, but what, what I see is that kids just look so much bigger these days. Like, I see, like, an 18-year-old, you know, like, the first team rugby photo or whatever. You're like, half these oaks could very easily fuck me up. Like, yeah, but they, you're, and I'm sure... You like, work in tax, Ben. But I'm sure... <laughs> but I'm sure... I weigh 100 kgs, man. Yeah, bit, bit no, no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I've, I've, seen, I've seen a picture of you next No, no, but, but I, I just... Like, they, they look like professional athletes. No, they do, yeah. Which, which kind of makes you, which kind of makes you wonder, like, where are these kids finding the time to to get that big? Like, are there are there academics taking a hit? Or do they just have no life? Is it just school gym rugby? School gym rugby? Like, I, like, but then this is what I'm saying: kids are taking it too seriously. There's too much pressure on it, and that's what leads to them thinking, "Oh shit, last resort, you know, bigger, faster, stronger, whatever." Like, I need to. I need to take drastic measures now. I need to dope or whatever. And also, yeah. how they, how you, or maybe I went to boarding school, so my perspective is a bit different. But how are they even getting access to these things? Like yeah. I've, I've never even seen steroids in my life. I don't even like. I wouldn't even know where, how to go about starting. It's like it's not just a steroids. Steroid habit. It could just be any sort of supplement at this unregistered or on the banned list supplement. Hello? Not necessarily roids. But I think. I mean, I think that's a good point. Like. Not just whatever the substance is, but I mean, when I was 17 years old, I mean, I couldn't even get my hands on fucking weed if I wanted to, let alone steroids. So 
there's a pretty good chance that whoever these kids are, they're getting help from a coach or maybe their dad. Yeah, I think that's it's, uh, it's like one of those fathers that really pushes that kind of thing. That's sort and of I think that's that's actually like we need to face facts. Like it's not just the fact that we putting pressure on kids to succeed through being better, bigger, better, and stronger. It's actually institutionalized. Like I think in a lot of cases, we're seeing coaches that are are complicit. No, definitely. I think yeah, that's maybe the case is that there's definitely it's if 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 there is definitely an uptick in the use of use of banned substances. I think that's most probably the better term catch-all. Um, it's mo- more than likely coming top-down in a school environment. So from the coaches and all that down, I think. I would assume. And also, Ben, to go back to your point about where you asked, um, where do they find the time and all that, are academics taking a hit? I've got, when I was at school, and my mates in Otanequa, the ones who were doing, playing proper rugby and all that, they were taking subjects like religious studies and things like that to lessen their workload. Yeah. Like they were. Yeah, I mean, I guess that happens. Like if, if you, yeah, if you're serious enough about like doping to become a better athlete, then the chances are you, you're prepared to forego your academic future. Yeah. They were taking things like, what was it? Yeah. There was religious studies. Like woodwork. Woodwork or no technical drawing. And, <laughs> and, um, Although, which I think is not a bad one if you are taking hidden, uh, there was a lot of hospitality yeah, being to, taken. To be honest, like those actually, those actually all sound a lot more useful than yeah. the trick courses that I took. No, agreed, <laughs> agreed. But yeah, the, so the guy, besides religious studies, maybe. Metric, <laughs> yeah, metric even and, then, like the, metric the entertainment value alone. Yeah. So yeah, um, I think yeah, I think there's not much more we can add to this except that, I think most high school kids could fuck up most of us. Uh, not just you alone, Ben. And from that, oh fuck, uh, Ben's been cut out. <laughs> oh no! Okay, is that why we? Yeah. Uh, he's been locked out. Um, I see. He's just send me a WhatsApp. I'm going to hang up quickly. Okay. And then we're going to try restart the call with Ben. So I hum some elevator music in the meantime. Well, no. What I'll do is I'll hang up this call. We can then send Adam two files, and he's, he can merge them. It is possible. Okay. Okay, that's cool. I'm winning my lane anyway. Hey guys. Oh wait, never mind. No, he's Ben's back. back. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay, maybe. False alarm. False alarm. We were gonna hang up and start a new call for you. Oh, thanks, guys. Uh... Alright, cool. And then, are, are you still there? I think this hammock oh, plan's. I think the hammock plan's not working out. Uh, just goes to show you can't have a perfect podcast. Yeah, no. It's, he told me about his gamble that he was gonna try and. Podcast from the hammock. Yeah, no, it's, I don't think it's the internet. I think it's, um, I don't know, Skype's just playing games, apparently. Okay. Mine was being very weird earlier, but anyway, all right. Okay, then let's move on. Uh, more, let's look look at home. There are two big, two big discussions around, speaking of uh, the amateur game, let's go to the professional game. Two big sort of discussions this week brought up specifically with the Springboks. One of them is Gavin Rich, who sort of brought back the idea that we should look at reinstating the 30 test rule for foreign-based players who want to play for the Springboks. And similarly, it's also been raised, and I saw the fucking article like four times this week posted in various places, that that the BOC contract should be changed, the system should be changed up. So I think the proposed one was only like 10 contracts or something silly and then 
match day fees for everyone essentially mm. yeah yeah I'm not a fan of this. Yeah, which one do you want to tackle first? 30, con- 30 test rule? I know where Ben stands on the 30 test rule. Ben and I are on the same page about this. Yeah, I know Ben's vehemently. The, this one should be, as far as Ben's concerned, I think it's an infinity test rule. Yeah, not, not yeah. to bang the same drum, but I only think you should be selected for South Africa if you play in South Africa. Because in the long term, by by selecting foreign-based players, we actually we undermine local talent. Like, you know, we're complaining like, oh, no, scrum offs have no experience and stuff. It's because we've fucking been playing overseas scrum offs this whole time instead of, like, yeah. when Fuff yeah. is now, we're going to be fucked because we haven't been capping our local players. Yeah. But I think I've banged this drum enough, to be honest. Yeah, no, we, we have spoken about it a few times on a few different other topics. And, like, the reality is that we're going to lo- lose out on guys like Dwayne. Um, who probably would have left anyway. But for every guy like him, I'm I'm pretty confident that there's someone who would have stayed to try and become a Springbok when you know instead of getting their 30 caps or now like one cap, whatever the case is, mm-hmm. and then just fucking off overseas and having the best of both worlds. I think that the only thing, the only comparative comparative advantage that we have is the sanctity of the Springbok jersey. Mm-hmm. And I know that might sound like a bit you know lame or whatever, but it, we need to add prestige. Like we need to find ways to increase the value of the Springbok jersey to it's players. Like the All Blacks because stage. clearly, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what the All Blacks do. They stand their ground on it. When Charles Pietar left, who was like probably one of the best, um, like centers slash outside backs in Super Rugby at the time, they didn't go running to him and say, "Oh, we now have like a special, you know, Pietar rule." They said, "Fuck it, we're going to find another guy." And they found, I don't know, I can't remember how long ago that was, but. It, it was at the same time that like even guys like Julian Sevilla were breaking through and, and Waisaki Noholo and La Mapi or fuck like Fekitoa, you know? Yeah. So you have Mad to accept time. that there's gonna be some there's gonna be some dip in the short term in terms of the quality of the team. But in the long run, you're gonna get kids growing up desperate to play Springboks again, not desperate to make money as a rugby player. And that's what we have to try and preserve, because that's literally the only comparative comparative advantage that we have. So, yeah, I'm with Ben on that. I think, yeah, I'm myself and with, with you guys on that too. I also prefer the idea of picking from home and because, it, look, a national side should be from the guys who are playing for that, in that country. So, um, I, yeah, wouldn't, I agree. Without putting words in Adam's mouth, I think that's almost uh, the, the, the official stance of the pod as well. I'm pretty sure yeah. we're going to get told off by Adam by saying that if he listens back to this. And then, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. Yeah. You can't stop us. Yeah, you can't stop us now. It's too late. Um, so, then going from that, what do you guys think about then, on the other hand, where we're now saying we want to cut the number of contracts offered to Springboks and then start d- dishing out rather a match day fee? Because that, uh, to ben, me, it feels, it feels, like, feels like you're disincentivizing the, the whole thing completely by saying, well, one on the one hand, you know, leave or whatever you need this much you need because yeah, i don't know shooting stability in the foot as well yeah see i don't like it so i i understand why there might be concerns about the current system and the fact that we often find ourselves with players on the books who are necessarily you know in the bigger picture um for the box so like i remember a while ago it was del Endy who mm-hmm. uh was 
contracted, but he was injured at the time, so he wasn't actually going to be playing very much. And like it happens, but and you know we don't have the financial um, liquidity to be able to carry that kind of a risk. I get that, but the alternative is you have players taking a chance. So you're taking away the certainty for a guy like Delendi or Beast or you know Sia Kalisi. You're taking away guaranteed money in the pocket for the next year or two or however long it lasts. And you, you're putting the risk on them. You're saying, you guys have to not make the team if you want to get the payday. And Saru's not going to carry the risk. Which is fine. I get it from Saru's point of view. But what's the yeah, risk? But like, what, what, how does that in, change in their behavior? In all fairness, they have... Um, have, I, have I been kicked again? No, you're, uh, here. Uh, you're, here. you're here. We're just in awe. Yeah. We're listening to your fairness. Has he hung up now? I think he just hung up. <laughs> I think that was his that was his mind game. Oh, have I been kicked again? Hangs up. <laughs> ben? Um, I don't know. Yeah, anyway, uh, all right, so so I'm just going to keep going because yeah, I don't I'll think we can... keep going until Ben comes back. Oh, yeah, so, so the way I see it, like, it's it's a question of who carries the risk. At the moment, Saru's carrying the risk because there's a good chance they end up with a player that is not going to actually be fit. And I, I get that why well, that's a problem. But by passing the risk onto the players, what they're doing is they're making it far more likely that those players are going to then find a, a less risky alternative, which in the current climate is very simple. You go and you play in France or you go and you play in Japan, maybe in England, but those are the first, those first two are the ones where you're most likely to get uh, you know, high reward and pretty low risk. Mm, also... So, and especially like in, in conjunction with our previous conversation about the 30 cap rule, they like there's nothing holding them back. So they well, can go fuck. off now and play in Japan and still get picked for the box if that's what it comes to. So they'll still get that match fee, but they haven't put themselves on the line to lose a lucrative Saru contract in the meantime. So if we don't bring back the 30 cap rule or in our preference, the infinity cap rule, and we then um, move away from the contracts towards the the match fees. We're doubly shooting, we're shooting ourselves with both feet, if you ask me. Yeah, and no, we're just going to see a massive player player drain more than we've ever seen before. No, one hundred percent. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be ridiculous to see how this plays out in the long term, but hopefully it doesn't play out in that direction. And then um, I'm going to move. On in Ben's absence, I don't know what he wanted more to say. I heard an awful fuck sex, but I don't think that was directed at what <laughs> you were saying at the time. <laughs> I hope not. Um, I think I think we're on the same page. We were chatting earlier. Yeah. I think we, we yeah from what. And then yeah, I'm gonna throw back to how you said New Zealand doesn't make doesn't make an exception, didn't make a child Pietau, but I think we're gonna have to make up a sub clause on that and call it the Matt Todd Holiday Club rule. <laughs> And yeah. the New Zealanders this today announced their fifth. What is it? I think it's fifty-one man touring squad for the Northern Hemisphere for November. Yeah. And yeah, including in that, included in that was of course Matt Todd. Left notable notable exclusions: Akira. I don't have it out in front of me, so I'm just trying to remember offhand. Brett Cameron of the Crusaders was included. Good old Brett Cameron. Yeah. Um, but yeah so, think... so hang on, let, let's, let's just talk about Brett Cameron quickly. So he's 
he's third string at the Crusaders, yeah. right? Behind Mitch Hunt and uh, Richie Mwanga, obviously. Yeah. So, what uh, they've left out, um, they've left out guys like Garden Bashop. Um, Who's with the Blues at the moment? Uh, uh, yeah, Perifita. Uh, and uh, what's his name? Son? Gatlin. Gatlin's son, so Bryn Gatlin. Um, and yeah. Perifita McKenzie, and um, who's who for else? the Highlanders? It's okay. Sapuanga obviously is not. Uh, Sapuanga's that he's gone overseas. Who else? Who uh, was there? Sure there's, there's someone else. I can't remember. There's someone else. Oh, Ohio West. Yes, yeah. So someone like Ohio West, and they've just totally forgotten all these guys for the third string Christchurch fly half. And yeah. I remember we joked about it earlier in the year. Yeah, saying the fly that you, yeah, you always pick the fly from Christchurch. Well, apparently that isn't just a saying because I I struggle to understand how you would you would skip over so many Super Rugby capped fly halves for a guy who's barely touched his toes in the water in might attempt cup. Um, but anyway, maybe he's really talented. Maybe I mean I, I'm not saying yeah, this I'm, out of anything wrong with him. It's just the situation seems weird. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I haven't I haven't been watching might attempt cup either, so I can't contribute and say maybe he's been kicking up a storm there but yeah maybe yeah. he has maybe. but i mean yeah a 50-man new zealand squad besides besides him i mean what they can't there's not well there's not much room for surprises because i mean 50, 50 players that's three 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 are three match starting 15s and and yeah. some spare so i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh the match match checks out yeah i just did the match uh, Papili, and to, to Ben's credit, well, in Ben's absence, yeah. we must uh, acknowledge. Yeah, we should give him credit for this because he he was the one who said as soon as Sam Kang got injured, he was like Dalton Papali is going to get the Papali, call up. Papali, yeah, sorry, and Papali. I'm I'm still not convinced that he wasn't just trolling us, but anyway, he was right because yeah. yeah, there he is. Well, yeah, uh, Ben, we just acknowledged your your brilliant foresight in calling up Papali. Oh yeah, thanks guys. Yeah, sorry, my f- I don't know what's going on with my Skype, guys. I apologize. That's all right. That's okay. I'm glad to Just see you back. Continuing on with that. You might hear my... Oh, joy. It's uh, fucked out no, again. We, we can still... We, we can hear you. You. <laughs> you. You sound dejected. Um, do you want to cheer... I don't think you can hear us. Should we cheer you up, Ben? Oh, he's gone. I was going to cheer him up. I don't and, think you can hear us. Yeah. yeah. I was going to cheer him up and ask him what he thought of old Cheslin Colby's stepping abilities this weekend. Uh, pretty good, eh? Yeah. Yeah, he's just gone from strength to strength this year. Like, I'm, I'm really happy for him because, obviously, like you know, Western Province strong and all that. But um, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think I said on the WhatsApp group sometime a couple of weeks ago. Like, I feel like he's living the life that Cleo Aplon always deserved. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, I think for me, like as good as 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 Chesney Colby is, and like I don't take anything away from him and his amazing stepping abilities that were on display this weekend. But I still consider him to be a, a middle-income man's Geo Aplon. No, definitely. I... For me, yeah, Aplon's just the best. Like, I can't get enough Geo Aplon. Uh... Uh, but, yeah. No, you could for him. Like, so, yeah, did you watch that game or did you just... I just caught highlights, highlights of it, sadly. I should have yeah. I should have been I should have been watching more, more of the Heineken Cup. But, yeah, sadly, I only caught highlights of that. And, of course, another highlight of that game for... It's Toulon, hey, or Toulouse. Yeah, 
Toulon. To, uh, Toulouse. 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 Yeah. Was the dying minutes with uh, what? Uh, what's his name? Burns. Freddie Burns. Freddie Burns getting over the line, and as everyone in SA called it, pulling a flecky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Showboating. Oh, God, was, trot, yeah. Slowing down Max, to a canter. Maxime Medard, we said yeah, it was. Yeah, Maxime Medard, just sneaking up behind it. Or, yeah, sneaking in there, and then just not even bothering to go for the contact, just slapping the ball out of his hand. Oh, we got that was pretty um, disrespectful. <laughs> I, I think it's but, yeah. uh, it's so cheeky, just boom. Just watching. I reckon I reckon Robbie Fleck, if he watched that, I think he was definitely getting like PTSD flashbacks. I can or, or it's just sort of him just going vindication because it's now a worse <laughs> botch try than he's. He's hoping it's called a Burns from now on. I actually see. Um, I remember I saw Freddie Burn. Someone retweeted Freddie Burns actually tweeted an apology, and I saw that before I really? saw saw the the actual botched try. So I was what like, is the what was he apologizing for? But he cost them the game essentially. He, they would have won had he dotted. Oh, down. sorry. So Freddie Burns was was yeah, apologizing. Sorry. Yeah, not not. Oh, I thought. Sorry, I thought he said Maxi Medard was oh, apologizing. Like, no, no, he's not going to apologize for that. He's not going to apologize for that. He's carrying that in the pub for the next two months. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, I, I mean, speaking of yeah, so I don't know if you saw. I haven't actually seen it properly, but um, apparently there was something in the Saracens game where. Itoje, so, so I think I think they were playing against Glasgow, if I'm not mistaken. I think so, yeah. And and they Glasgow thought they'd scored a try, but they'd actually conceded a penalty. Oh, God. So the ref blew the whistle for the penalty, but they didn't hear it. So they were busy celebrating the try, and then Mauro Itoje came in tap and go to join. No, 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 to join in the the celebration with them, like ironically. Yeah. So he, he saw that they were making fools of themselves and he, he like basically egged them on and like you know oh, just to God. troll them basically so he's been getting a lot of flack for that and everyone's like oh it's so unprofessional i don't know like I, i'm not a huge mario Toje fan but i feel like that's just banter like yeah i mean how many uh, uh, no one no one calls him unprofessional for every time they they handbag each other and pull on each other's collar yeah there's exactly. very little difference between between that and what he was doing because that nine times out yeah. of ten they're getting egged on in that situation as well exactly Oh, exactly. Yes. Anyway. Um, speaking of other what's other Honeycomb Cup games, James Lowe, who you'll all remember I said was Damien McKenzie's biggest shield in right. Super Rugby, from my mother. <laughs> my mom's had, my mom's insightful comment about James Lowe. He's out out of the wing of Damien McKenzie and apparently having a whale of a time with Leinster. Mm. Uh, he scored two pretty good tries and. I think he set up at least another one from what I saw. I'm... Yeah. Yeah, he did. He was involved in the Scrum House try. Yeah. I can't remember the Scrum House. Yeah, that, that game, yeah, I saw the highlights, and it's one of those games where it's nothing happened. Absolutely. Like the highlights, I think the 20 minute pa- package is like five minutes de- dedicated to the first half, and then it, the rest of it yeah. is, is just the second half and those 50 points that they put on. Oh, fuck, you feel yeah. bad for a team. Team, who was it against? It was. Um, was it? No, it wasn't Ulster. Was it? Uh, it was Wasps. 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 Oh shit! Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing Ashley Johnson's hair. 
Yeah, yeah I don't know. Like, uh, so obviously James Lowe is pretty incredible, mm. and I think to be honest, if he was in New Zealand at the moment, he probably would have been called up for this uh, test squad. I mean, pretty much fucking everyone was. Mm-hmm. But Lamb's not been called I think up. I think that if I played wing for that Leinster team, I'd probably get on the scoreboard too. Yeah, actually, because come to th- they are unstoppable. Come to think of that squad, Blam's not been called up. Yes, I wanted to say that. Sorry, I, I had a bit of a hectic day today. On the no, it's fun. I just I, now I remembered it, it as well. Speaking of notable wing exclusions, Blam wasn't called up. Yeah. It, no, I don't know. Like it's, I mean, so they they called up George Bridge, who, as yeah, you all know, I, I think is the superior um, winger. But, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, hey? Like, you have to really ask yourself, what more does he have to do? Yeah, because, I mean... Because, I mean, he's what they love. He's a big wing. They like a big wing. It yeah. It's, and you can finish. It might just be a mentality thing. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, I think let's move on to Closer at Home and look at the Curry Cup results from the weekend, the last round of the one-round pool games. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I didn't see all of these games. Yeah, so let's start with the. F- I just want to quickly pull up. I stupidly don't have them up in front of me, so all of you can complain while I find them quickly. Um, we I c- think this, the way this episode's gone, I think the, the fans have more than enough <laughs> ammunition to complain about already. Yeah, I think if, if anyone <laughs> if anyone's still listening, I'm one impressed and two why are you still here? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the first game of the weekend was Pumas versus Lions. Mm. And yeah, that was 21-33 to the Lions. I'm mm. going to be honest, I didn't catch much of this game at all, anything of this game. So I saw the highlights. Okay. Um, so I, I do have just a couple of talking points, I guess. Yeah. The first one is Lionel Mapu. I thought played very, very well. Um, he showed you know signs of the form that made him a springbok a couple of years ago for the first time uh, but the guy who disappointed me was Howard Amnesi because mm. he gave away like a really stupid, he, he conceded a yellow card at one point uh, for cynically playing the ball on the ground and yeah like that's the kind of thing that I think has I think has kind of hard. haunted his career a little bit because he's clearly got the like the physical attributes that you look for, like he's he's got he's got a stacked lower body. Yeah, he's really he's pretty quick. He's got good agility. He's strong in a tackle, but then he does like very questionable things from time to time. Like his decision making isn't that good, and he's also been played by injuries, which is obviously not his fault. Yeah, but I, yeah, I was disappointed because I've always like I I consider him together with guys like Stocky Sanacom to be some of the unluckiest players in the country in terms of just being behind guys who are better than them. Mm. And, but, yeah, but, uh, it was just uh, unfortunate. He didn't do himself any favors, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think that's, that, that's partially the Lions selection policy, though. It what? is, but he's gotten quite a lot of game time, hasn't he? No, no, no. no but I mean, not so much their selection. Maybe you'd call it their scouting policy or something because they have so many centers. Like, yeah. it's weird. They, I mean, they heard yeah, that no, sure. SA is running thin on centers, so they just thought they'd have all of them. <laughs> yeah, but it's just unfortunate. Like, I think at the moment, centers are such a, an open position 
I feel like if anyone has a really good Super Rugby season next year, they could make it into the conversation for the World Cup. Yeah, Whereas if a player like something like prop, I think we kind of we know who our props are going to be at the World Cup next year. Vincent Koch. Um, yeah, it is a kind of thing. We have a lot of okay centers, like possible at Springbok level. Yeah. Like I would, I would say we have arguably around seven or eight centers who are, would pretty much be interchangeable. Like yeah, granted, they're very, they're very grouped. Yeah. Like, like granted, like they they bring different aspects, like DDA and um, fuck, who's the big guy for the Sharks now? Esther Hazen. Uh, Esther Hazen. They they bring like an element, and then like a Misi and a Mampu, they bring an element, and yeah. So it's but they know. One hundred percent with certainty, you're gonna say these are the two box centers. You can on the, any given day, you can make a case for whoever you need to yeah. pick. Yeah, yeah, like, so that's like, that's like, what, like, like Rassi could pick two out of ten basically, and yeah. no one can really, no one can really, or people will argue it because people are idiots. Yeah, but, people would rubbish the selection, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah, that's all I saw really from that game. There wasn't too much else. Yeah, the next game I saw, sort of the, I think I started watching in the middle of the first half the Griquas Sharks game, and Griquas was lost eleven forty one. I don't know. I felt like the Sharks weren't playing as well enough to basically deserve a 30-point win over the Greek was in Kimberley. Like, from what I saw, they were playing, or from what I felt, I don't know, Ant may correct me on this, but I felt like the Sharks were playing an untidy, a scrappy game. Uh, they, they've got that new young gentleman, uh, Fassi, on the wing. Mm. And when he gets oh, wasn't the, he at fullback? I think he was at fullback, yeah. When he gets the ball, he is potent, but he was making so many... St- silly mistakes and knock-ons and that that I don't know mm. it was, I almost want to use did, the word did, clumsy I, I, I wasn't watching this game I didn't uh, watch a lot of this game but I got the feeling the Sharks were kind of at like three quarters pace could be the fact yeah but yeah they, like it doesn't deserve a 30 point uh, win did, did it impact the, the outcome on the log at all um I think Basically, no, I think after the Sharks that game, were always Province... going to be second on the log, huh? Yeah, they had because they be... they were because the Province... Sharks were the Sharks were second, I think. And after that game, Province needed to score zero points at all to for the Sharks to go up to first. Yeah. So so they probably just weren't particularly motivated. Yeah. So they've got a home semi and likely going to Cape Town for the finals. And then speaking okay. of going to Cape Town for the finals, at least the at least there'll be no rain compared to the last Curry Cup game of the or half a Curry Cup game of the weekend. That was Blue Bulls versus the West versus VP, and Bulls lost seven thirty four in forty minutes because the game got cancelled due to bad weather. So pissing with rain, and they, the, the, what they say is lightning within fifteen kilometers of the stadium. Mm. Is what is that the sort of circle they were giving? Yeah, there, there, there must be there must be rules on this, and uh, so um, we talked about this today on the WhatsApp group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I'm just I'm just so worried I'm going to get cut again. Like I don't, I, just, I need to be okayed after every sentence, guys. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Put the fear of me. Um, <laughs> But but I, I don't think it's fair to call any game after 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 half time. What do you like? Know? Like 
I, I know that's what the rules say and stuff. But especially when it's due to weather, because so often, like, you know, it used to happen a lot when I was playing at UCT. Like, you play your first half into, like, a howling gale. Mm. Then you play your second half with the wind. And it is, like, yeah. you. we used to call it, like, a, a three-try wind at UCT or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, like, uh, and, and we have seen some, like, All Blacks, the All Blacks had a really good comeback against us. We had two really big comebacks against England. Um, the the Crusaders had that amazing comeback against the Waratahs. Like, you know, uh, turning around a 30-point deficit isn't impossible. No, definitely. So I, I, don't, I don't think that game, obviously in the context of the login stuff, it was irrelevant. But I don't think that game should have been, should just called it halftime, just decided. I have a feeling yeah. Province had more than an inkling that the game was going to be called at halftime because they played like they knew they had to get the bonus point because that's basically what they were playing for to get the four tries to get the bonus point. So then, regardless of if the game was going to carry on the second half, they were ahead of the Sharks. Then they just shot as hard as they could to get that four try bonus point. But yeah, but why are you why are you playing a game if there's any chance it's going to be cancelled at halftime? No, agreed. I agree with you. I'm just saying that's what I could tell from, because yeah, I I also thought they were gonna, they were going to reschedule. Because I mean, it was there was at least, I know I saw the TV screen went white with lightning at least once while they were playing still. And, but yeah. kickoff was delayed as well. Like yeah, you would think they just come on, this is stupid. Like, like just what, what are the chances that the like they meet the threshold with the lightning as like at halftime? Yeah, no, because not yeah, just before, not just after. Like it was at halftime, they're like, oh, suddenly, oh, okay, yeah. we can't play in these do, conditions. Do, do, do you know what it? Do you know what it sounds like? Is like a, a gentleman's agreement. Egon seconds yeah. actually. Apparently, they say the refs, the ref and his assistants were the ones who make, who made the call that the game was. No, no, but, but but I can just I can just imagine him calling both captains together and be like. Listen, guys, it's pretty crazy out there, and the, and the Bulls guy being like, "Oh fuck, we're not going back," and the Province being like, "Okay, cool, we'll take the win, let's carry on with yeah, our lives." I mean, but the, the the alternative to this is them coming back on, let's call it Monday in the this evening to play play the game now. Yo, no, no, like, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are more. You know, it's not just like you know, you got to find an open field. I'm sure there are. There are logistics attached to it. Yeah, you can't just, you know, re rescheduling a game isn't as easy as it sounds, I presume. Because, yeah, they, I mean, they've got it. I think both of them are in the top four. So both of them are playing this weekend as well. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, theoretically, they could have played a game on Sunday. Yeah, theoretically. Yeah, but I mean, fuck. Like, but I mean, if you've really gotten through like half a game, like half an hour, or let's say half a game, yeah. let's say we go with your system and you get to like 70th minute. And then there's like lightning striking the fucking stadium, and you're like, okay, we we really need to. Yo, no, to, I, I guess because you, know. you know in cricket they have like um, the Duckworth Lewis Duckworth Lewis system, which yeah. is uh, you know what it is, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. like maybe it should be a, a rugby equivalent of that, like when it's enough of a lead that you don't have to replay the game. Maybe. I know, I know it's really obscure because yeah, rugby I mean, games are it, yeah, But at the same time, you are going to be calling a game early, which is exactly what they did. So the rugby version of the Duckworth, Duckworth Lewis is for to count as a result, you need to play a minimum 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's either one team wins or 
No, no, no. But but then you say theoretically, if you seventy points up ten minutes in, you can win even if the game gets called off. Yeah, true. So the, yeah, I suppose you've got to factor in how much time has passed and so forth. Yeah, there should just be kind of like a yeah. So obviously, if the game gets called off with one minute to go and there's like a ten point lead or whatever, unless it's the Springboks playing, you can probably allow it. Yeah, but um, I'd, I mean, so I'd be interested to hear what the statistics are on how often a team that is uh, leading at halftime doesn't win. Should we? Yeah, no. Should we rope in? Well, should we rope in the computer and ask him to crunch the numbers? No, no, I'm not saying. I'm saying the storm is probably uh, the province probably had a a 97 percent chance of winning that game from that point. Yeah, yeah. So but, I mean, but there, yeah, there still they, was they, a chance they could lose it if you if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 no. But, no. We agree with you. But I mean, that's the same as like Duck with Lewis, isn't it? Yeah. Like, no, Duck that, doesn't, doesn't Duck check in whether you got zero chance of winning. Yeah, what's the Duck? Yeah, Duck what's the margin of result? But I'm so, saying the the rugby Duck with Lewis should basically say either okay, this result is valid, or no, this game has to be replayed. Because cause I want to know what would have happened if... Hello? Yeah, we listen. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, I want to know what, what, would, what would have happened if the score was like 12-14. Would well, the province then, still got the win? Pro- yeah, they, yes, yeah, yeah. The rule was as soon as they call off the game, whoever's in the lead is the winner, full stop. Yo, whoever's yeah. in the lead at that point wins. As long wins. as you've gotten through at least a full half of rugby. Yeah, it's not a full half. It's 40 minutes as well, don't that's they say 40, well, minutes. 40 minutes is a half but yeah oh yeah so, so 40 minutes have to have been played yeah so, i mean i don't know like i i feel like in like look, in the age of professionalism i think you need to have certainty like you can't afford to have too many variables um and yeah like i think i don't think we can get away with having something as kind of ad hoc as a duckworth lewis system to be honest well, in all fairness, they can try again next weekend because Providence are playing the Bulls in Cape Town. In the yeah. semi. Yeah. Well, they, they better sort out their scrum. <laughs> oh, no, to be f- Okay, look. Um, I think, yeah, speaking of that scrum, um, I almost don't want to pick my scrum of the week out of that game, even though there was one, one there that I did like. But uh, the conditions are just so bad that it's almost unfair to judge the Bulls on that. Yeah, no, it was pretty. It was pretty gnarly out there. Yeah. It was pretty gnarly. Like I was actually worried about that because I was thinking, like you know, they they going on about they're banging on about uh, dangerous conditions. Yeah. But I felt like the most danger being posed to any player was having to scrum against fucking Wilco Low. Who I think, as I said in the group, he proved he can scrum in Venice this weekend. The man, yeah. the man is amphibious. He can scrum. Do, do, man can scrum. Do you think? Do you think he got custom made like uh, like four inch studs for the game? <laughs> I don't know, but he was also know, bleeding for most of that game as well. So that that also just strikes an imposing figure. He, he could have been struck by lightning, though. We don't know. <laughs> uh, must, if anything, it most probably would have sped him up. If anything, <laughs> and he became prop man. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets like uh, a Colby Colby esque step now. All of a sudden, flash prop. Does he turn into Tad Furlong? Yeah, essentially. <laughs> oh, did, did we? Did you guys talk about that while I was off it? Um, we spoke about James Lowe and all that. We didn't actually speak much about Tad Furlong. Do you want to have? Do you want to uh, have a go at him, Ben? Yeah. 
No, I don't want to have a go at him. I really like Tad Furlong, and I really like it when a prop shows a bit of flair, like like it's great to see. But I don't think Tad Furlong's flair was necessary. If you actually watch the clip, he doesn't no skip it. <laughs> there's no one in front of him. I know, I'm with you. <laughs> Look, I've done, I've done that before as well, to be yeah. fair. And people are creaming themselves over the step. They're like, oh, Tad Furlong should be a backline player with that classy swerve. But like, it's... Like, I could, you know, right now, I could be running around my garden and I could have a mad step. But, you know, I'm not going to make the highlights real, I'll tell you that. Yeah, but you're doing it beach, uh, barefoot and on the beach. So, I mean, that's touch rugby skills. Yeah, barefoot. It's even harder to step when you're barefoot. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get you a contract yeah. for the Sharks or something. For Leinster. <laughs> or Leinster. <laughs> I was going to start you small, you know, yeah. Sharks. Tad should take his shoes off and come play some beach rugby with me and I'll show him a little bit of flair. There we go. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, right, I where think, were we? Are we done with the Curry Cup? I think yeah, we can be done with the Curry Cup. So yeah, like I say, the one semi-final next week is Province and Bulls in Cape Town, and the other is Sharks versus Lions in Durban. So Lions are travelling to the humidity of Durban, so I think they should have the advantage. Yeah, uh, I guess so. I mean. I don't think the don't Sharks know. have managed to conquer the humidity yet. <laughs> Unplayable. <laughs> they're they're going to be dreaming of the dry day in Kimberley when they get down to their own fabled humidity. Yeah. They're going to wish they had Wilco Low. That too. Uh, I think everyone wishes Wilco Low. Yeah, Kuni didn't... I don't, uh, think, I don't, I don't know. think Lens to do. Uh, Kuni doesn't strike me as filling his shoes anytime soon. I don't know, he just didn't look that good in that game. Someone's someone's gonna call me out on that. Maybe Adam. I don't know. I didn't watch enough of it to be honest. But yeah, yeah poor Kuni. Like I think he. It's gonna take a while for him to get back to where he was. Yeah. So I think with that out the way. I, I think I think playing prop is more about form than you would think. It is because I mean yeah, no, it I is. Think we've discussed yeah. this. I think you've brought it up before. I mean, one day a prop can just someone his opposition can figure him out or whatever. And, all of a sudden, he's not dominating as hard as he is in the scrums anymore. And then you're not going to get picked because that's your job. Okay. Yeah, no, no. It is a, yeah, because I also, I think I've said this before, yeah, but I also sometimes think props are doing something right, but they're not even actually sure what they're doing right. I agree. It's, <laughs> look, it's like, it's like reading the cards. You just are going yeah. to. Um, yeah, speaking of props now, though, I'm... I think everyone, the, my much-hyped uh, new segment, the Scrum of the Week, I'm, I feel bad because I know we made the joke that I was just going to phone it in a couple of weeks and, and talk about a game that wasn't televised. But in all fairness, <laughs> my favorite Scrum of the Week that I saw was at the untelevised Eagles versus Griffins uh, Curry Cup First Division semi-final. Okay. okay. Paint us. Paint us a word picture, man. I'm going to paint a word Des- picture. Describe stupid Cherith. Okay, so <laughs> both teams playing test test rugby, test rugby. So everyone's take. No, they know it's a knockout game, so everyone's taking their three points where they can. We at 65 minutes. It is now 15 points to the home side, the Eagles. Six points to the Griffins. The Eagles have just brought on their reserve props. And the Griffins still have their their starting props on. The Griffins have a scrum on their five meter, their feed in. 
The Eagles not only get the first shove and shunt, but manage to push through that that, that this they manage their eighth man manages to pick up the ball, and he gets tackled, passes it on, and the inside center gets it and dots it down for the only try in the game, right under the posts. So for Matt, me, um, Matt, I don't care about what the inside center is doing. Tell me more about the scrum. Well, what, what I was going to say is the scrum. Essentially, they won. They basically. They got a five-meter scrum on the five-meter against them, and they won it and scored a try off it. Jesus. That Which, sound, do you know what that sounds like, Matt? What? That sounds like the Matt Damon scrum of the week. That does. Sounds like sounds like a, <laughs> an international scrum of the week to me. The problem is, the problem <laughs> is... I think that sounds Proven, like a province almost Weber Grills <laughs> scrum of the week. <laughs> is it Weber, Weber or Grill? Weber. I like how you put in an A. <laughs> <laughs> I like it because it reminds me of Webble Splash. Yeah, um, because yeah, uh, I know Province also did a, a did a similar one to the Bulls this weekend as well, which everyone would have seen. Because that one at least was. On do TV. you do you think if the Rebels were sponsored by Weber or Weber, I'm not even sure. Um, we're pushing for the sponsorship. <laughs> I don't even know how to say it. Look, no do one does. They, I would... think it's, <laughs> they refuse to it's actually come to <laughs> Guys, we're not doing our sponsorship chances any favors. Yo, well, Adam can edit it. Adam can figure out which one it is and then edit it so we <laughs> so just the right a, one. You just hear Adam just sort of overlaying the sound with his voice. Weber. Or Weber. Weber grills. <laughs> just over every time, instead of bleeping us, he just overlays his voice with the right pronunciation. But but do you uh, think if the Rebels were sponsored by them, they would consent to be called the Webbles? <laughs> I think they'd have to. Or the Weebles, depends on the pronunciation. Well, well, we'll change our name to a Wheat Wugby Banter, if they want. <laughs> I have no problem with that. Like, uh, our brand is not yet yeah, well enough established for I us think, to take a hit from something like that. Yeah, I think we are very, I think we've made it very clear in the past that we are very open to being bought. <laughs> yeah. So, you yeah. have our details? Please so, contact us. So, ARU, I think we can just sort of throw it out to the ARU as well, if they want exposure and us not to shit on them constantly then they can also maybe just throw us a couple of dollary dues i don't know do you do you think wales will pay me to stop insulting them like the tourism bureau of wales don't know i don't know you've only been been on it for like one week i don't think they've seen a big hit just yet so i think i don't know like i don't know how much they're really working with to begin with because what is it? They I'm are a, it's they just... are a persistent and grimy people. I assume it's. Just... <laughs> oh, oh, I was going to say I assume Welsh tourism is either just like a corpse that floats up on the river or day tourists from England. Yeah, like like sometimes you you're driving through Bristol and you take a wrong turn and you're like, oh fuck, I'm in Wales. What am I going to do now? All the signs are just wrong. They're like eight L's. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I quite like that about Wales, actually. I, I would say the, the language and the spelling of that language is its biggest positive. And most people consider that the worst thing about Wales. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I do quite like the language. I thought, also think Rob Brydon is a particularly good export. He is, but he, I, I, bet you, I bet you he lives... I bet you he's spent more than 15 years outside of Wales. Yeah, I'm sure he's yeah, lived you're probably in right. London for long now. Um, Speaking of shit rugby nation or shit nations that happen to play rugby, um, mm-hmm. an, another another shit old nation, 
or shithole related nation that wants to play more rugby and that we that we in the group want them to play more rugby is the US. And yeah. So I know in the in the group we've been discussing how one of the reasons we want the US to be playing more rugby is that if they play rugby then hopefully EA will make a rugby 2K whatever let's give it a reasonable timeline 20. So in 2 years time. Yeah. So um, so, what, what, Matt, what what do you mean? One of the reasons we want America to play rugby? Well, we're being selfish now because we just want a video game out of it. Yes, this is the only reason I want America <laughs> to play rugby. This is the so, reason. There are other so, reasons. So we... There are other reasons, I'm sure, and I'm sure, uh, I'm sure, um, a much more learned podcast will go into that. But as far as we're concerned, we just no, want. No, to... Actually, just saying that because I don't want to like incite hatred and just make it seem like I'm a bitter person. I actually, I really like the idea of America playing rugby and I really like the way America play rugby. It's very heartsy. It's very gutsy. It's very like, like they don't have a huge amount of like flair and stuff, but they just, they do the basics and they have a lot of grit, which I have, have a lot of respect. Have you guys watched any of the MLRB yeah. games? USA. Yeah. Have you guys watched um, Yeah, a little bit. Uh, they I, did, all, I did watch some I, I think they all are still on YouTube in the entirety if you are keen on the Major League Rugby's with They also like they just marketed it really well. Like I followed a few teams on on Twitter and they did a really good job of like whipping up a following in a pretty short amount of time cuz let's face it like Americans are are pretty much they're they're a bored people. Yeah. They are looking for any excuse to entertain themselves and just to kind of I don't know go nuts at some kind of public event. So rugby lends itself to them, and like the the kind of freaks, the, the kind of physical freaks that we see in the NFL, I'm, I'm not going to uh, step on the toes of the, the future episode we're going to have about this, but they've got so many natural athletes who would just be phenomenal at rugby yeah. if they were brought into it at a young age. So yeah, I, don't, I think there's a lot to be gained from from it, but I think we can also all agree that the best thing to come out of America taking rugby seriously would be ea rugby 2020 yeah so, so that's the ultimate goal yeah so based on this it led us into quite a quite an intensive and comprehensive discussion on because obviously if anyone has any familiarity with the fifa games the madden games and the nba games the players all have specific ratings and all that which is either the general overall rating and then it's broken down into key factors for that player and all that so what we were doing is we were looking at uh some of the local guys here in sa and what sort of ratings they would be they would have yeah 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 that's great. Should we should we, should we go a bit, beyond, a bit beyond SA with this? A few other yeah, choice yeah, international we'll, players, just to add a bit of flavour. Yeah, no, definitely. Because yeah, I'm, I'm assuming we want to discuss Ben Smith, because I mean we haven't mentioned him yet this week, so. Uh, yeah, but but Ben Smith has like 140 out of 100 of the intangible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so should I just give a quick rundown of some of the key stats that you see on on Madden? Yeah, because like, I think uh, that's going to be the closest, the closest yeah. sort of point of comparison, I think. Other than that, or the WWE. So, all right, so I've got the I've got the official Madden player ratings database open in front of me. So I'm just going to quickly run through all the stats, and then obviously I'll, I'll point out the ones that aren't applicable. So um, they've got a stat awareness, 
which is it sounds a bit vague but like that's the kind of thing that we could use for an intangible you know, guy like ben smith just have like really great awareness um and it's actually quite he does have really good awareness he's got fantastic awareness so awareness <laughs> then there's uh you got speed then you got acceleration which i assume is how quickly you can reach your top speed there's agility there's strength then there's elusiveness there's ball carrier vision I'm not entirely sure what that is, but I think that's I would say how that, well you can see like prospective tacklers coming. So from, that's so like your yeah, reaction time from slipping tackles and that, rather than busting tackles. Yeah, but, but I, I mean, there's, I, there's ball carrier vision, as in that's when you have ball in hand, and then there's another type of vision that would be like you moving into space, you defend well, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah I guess that's like awareness, though. Yeah, maybe that's what awareness. Sure. is. Yeah, but okay, so board carrier vision, and they've got carrying, so that really relates to your, like, so how likely you are to make to uh, to fumble. Um, so carrying. Then uh, they've got a juke move, so the, that's what they call sidestep, the yeah. juke. Uh, then they've got a spin move, which is, yeah, spin. Uh, they've got stiff arm, so handoff rating. So they've got separate ratings for like all these little little things. Then they've got tracking. Tracking is like bouncing a guy. You just you know the Simone sidestep. Um, so they've got all of those kind of things. Any of which can be used to to evade or break a tackle. They've got the more separate ratings, which I think is quite cool. Then they've got uh, catching. Then they've got catching in traffic. So that's like if you so if in American football context you contest like the football, high ball basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So Ben Smith and Israel Folau would both have like 99 catching in traffic. Then they've got something called spectacular catching, which is separate from catching. <laughs> I think that's literally that's just for the purposes of flair. Like I don't know. That's the guy who catches behind his back. Yeah, exactly. Well, like Odell Beckham probably has like the highest in the game or something because he's quite well known for uh, one-handed catches. Well, no look catches. Like he'd chill, like jump in the air and do like a backflip and catch the ball with one hand or something stupid. Then there's something called release, which is for wide receivers to like break free from their covering defenders. Then there's jumping, so that's like vertical jump. Then, then there's throw power, which is obviously only for quarterbacks. Then they've got short, short accuracy, they've got medium accuracy and deep accuracy. So they've actually got quite detailed with quarterbacks. Okay. Then um, the ability to throw on a run, obviously not applicable. Uh, play action, not applicable. Pass blocking, run blocking, uh, impact blocking. blocking. <laughs> yeah. James Lowe would be 99 out of 100. I was going to say the uh, yeah. guys running knock, uh, knockdowns, deliberate knockdowns. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but 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 I th- I think what's quite important to understand with these, obviously, if the like a like a like a tight guy, like a tight end or whatever they call it, a post, was it a center? What, uh, what are the yeah? Oh, the blockers. Just like three different positions. <laughs> like a blocker. No, but, no, but they're yeah, all in yeah, the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah but like, yeah, so so their their passing and kicking and stuff doesn't have a lot of bearing on their rating. No, 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 no. So we'll get to we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so let me just let me just finish this list. So that's all the blocking stuff. Then there's tackling, which is um, self-explanatory. Um, then there's hit power rating, so your ability to make big like big tackles, not just tackles. Uh, block shedding irrelevant for rugby. 
finesse moves. So that's also for like the bl- the linemen, the guys you were just talking about, Ben. So they've got two separate ones. They've got um, power moves and they've got finesse moves. So power moves is just like blowing through a guy. Finesse moves is like spinning around him to get to the quarterback. Then there's man coverage, zone coverage. That's quite specific to American football. Press rating, play recognition, also quite specific. For press rating ties is, with that, awareness. is that on-field or So press field? rating is like... <laughs> that's on field <laughs> but I feel like we should have it in rugby and then Aaron Smiths can just be like 10 out of 100 <laughs> um, then there's uh, Pursuit which is like catching up with a guy uh, then obviously there's, there's kick power and kick accuracy which only applies to the kickers then there's kick return which is obviously quite specific then they've got stuff like stamina injury rating um and run block, run block, pass block, pass block, lead block, break sack. There's like break tackle, throw under pressure, short route running, medium route running, deep route running, and then finally break tackle. So obviously yeah, you, you could pick up from those which ones are and aren't relevant to rugby. But then as Ben pointed out just now, the key thing is that you don't just take all of those scores and then average them for the, the players to overall score depending on the position some scores obviously matter more than others so at the moment I'm looking at the, the all the player rankings so there are uh, there are six guys in, currently ranked 99 overall in Madden uh, so I'm just going to go with Drew Brees at the moment because he's the quarterback at the right at the top he's got like let me see he's got he's got 15 catching right the guy can't catch a ball for shit he's got 26 tackling. He can't tackle the shit. He's got like 21, 21 kick power, right? So clearly, like those are not the makings of a of a phenomenal athlete. But then those aren't really really that important for a quarterback because he's got 99 medium accuracy. He's got 87 deep accuracy. He's got 93 throw power, and he's got 99 play action rating. And there was another important one here. Oh, 99 throw under pressure. So one of the things Drew Brees is really well known for is that when he's like about to get tackled, like there are two guys like on him about to take him down, he still somehow gets his throw away and gets a completion. So despite being across the board a very, very sub-average athlete, he's specifically an excellent quarterback. So that that's something that would have to be taken into account for the rugby game. Yeah, because I mean, shit, kicking's only useful for what two players in a team, at least. Yeah, exactly. You got a punter and a kicker. Your fullback, your scrum off probably needs to. Yeah, that's your scrum off, your fly off, and your fullback must probably three. Yeah, your left footed kicker and your right footed kicker. Yeah. Yeah, call me a liar. Call me a liar for (laughs) my position. Um, yeah. So, let's start with an easy one, and outside of SA as well. It's one we've mentioned a couple of times, and I say it's easy, but I think there is going to be some debate with Ben Smith, who's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's he's very good. He's very good. Oh, sorry, is that, very I good. forgot what the ad said. It's he's very good, not he's pretty good. <laughs> he's very good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so is your question what will Ben Smith's rating yeah, be? So what? Yeah. What what will Ben Smith's rating be? What will be? He sort of key as as a fifteen. What will be? So 
obviously yeah. tackling tackling i would assume would be almost weighted evenly across the board yeah yeah i guess There's i mean some, I, no, just, I would say, say it might be a bit heavier in your flanks and your centers yeah, your flanks and your centers will, yeah. will have a slightly above average but i think as sort of I yeah that might be because yeah it's one of the i'm just trying to think what's the skill that sort of but but, but but this is where it's quite weird because i would say kicking defeat clearance kicking is like a major skill in a fullback yes yeah yeah and he doesn't do but that. i wouldn't you can say have, ben, ben you can have a clearance kicking is actually no, great it isn't. it isn't so look this is this is the thing like we we're actually gonna we're gonna undermine ourselves a little bit here because i don't think ben smith's rating is going to be that high in a rugby game because he's not as a as an outside back he's not actually super fast so his speed isn't going to be that good his kicking isn't going to be that good his tackling isn't spectacular like he'll have like an 80 85 tackle because he's a good tackler but he's not like a you know skulk burger or terry just 12 like peter steph tutorial level tackler so like He's going to have les, les intangible uh, yeah, attributes. <laughs> so it's going to be like the 99 awareness. You know, okay, so all right, the one thing that he's probably going to be the highest in the game at is, is got to be like break tackle or just elusiveness. Like the fact that he just never, somehow never gets tackled, right? Yeah. So for me, Ben Smith's looking at like a, like a 90, like 92 overall or something. Well, it's not too bad. Yeah, pretty good. And then let's go, yeah. let's do this. Let's okay. do let's do Israel as well. So we'd have the Australian fifteen. I think he'll probably have a higher rating overall because on paper, like he comes across better in that kind of a in the physical sort of like, measurables. Yeah, yeah. So like he he's going to be faster. His his jumping and catching under high ball is going to be a little bit better than Ben Smith. It's not by much, but a little bit. He's better at breaking tackles in a way. He's a little bit more elusive. He's got a little bit more of a boot on him, I guess. But is he, is he I think he's going to be lacking in awareness. And then, well, like, I think he probably does, but never see it because he's too. So what are we going to call it? Yeah. 95, 96, somewhere for Izzy. I think Izzy would be. If they made a rugby game now, I guarantee you, Izzy Flau would be one of the highest-rated players. Yeah, he's. He's yeah, likely that's probably to be one of the guys Australian on company that made it. He's also likely yeah, he, to be... he, probably, he, he probably wouldn't give his name to it unless they gave him the highest rating. We'll have like Bizrail Paulau or something. <laughs> well, I'm assuming they're going to get the stats from Fox or something anyway, so we know how the Australian multiply kicks in there. Um, yeah. So, is he 96? Yeah. And then let's go now to the controversial pick. Which will be our 50, mm-hmm. Billy LaRue. Billy. Yeah. So, I think I, when we first discussed this, I think I said I thought he would be like an 86. Yeah, I think that's, that sounds familiar. Yeah. I don't think he'd break the 90 the ninety overall. Sorry, sorry, Mubin. Sorry, I know this hurts you. But um, I think he'd be like in the high 80s, but not quite a 90. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we were talking about like building in like a, an X factor, a multiplier. Yeah, a multiplier where like your guy can. So they ha- they have it in um, Football Manager. They've got almost. I think they actually have much more 
uh, like specific attributes in Football Manager. And they have stuff like um, how reliable someone is. So that can like be a multiplier for someone's range. So you could go from 86 on your best day to you know 79 on your worst day. Yeah. And then the game just has to like there's like a hidden dice roll that tells you the okay. extent to which you've been successful. I don't know. Yeah. So I think yeah, I know because Vili would go between about 95 and about 60. Yeah, I'd say Vili's yeah, pretty much. Vili's the prime candidate for something like that. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah, um, other presents. Let's see. Let's who else? We I know we spoke about Marx. Yeah. So I think he. There's, he, I think he'd probably be the highest rated South African. I think he'd be the high, highest rated Springbok. He'd probably be one of the only Springboks over 90. Yeah, I know. Um, just just, just, just in, in Madden, what does the the curve look like? Where Where's sort of the middle of the curve? I gather it's not 50. Uh, no, no, no. Like, it's, it's... I don't know exactly. I don't want to give you misleading information, but if you're playing Madden and you've got a player who's let's say six like 70 or below you can probably pick up a replacement for him very easily in the free agency or even in the draft so like most of the players you'll be drafting straight out of college and madden will be will be like 70 or just below 70 okay so So, if you've got a guy who's like so so we'll we'll say say the the average player is about 75 then yeah, maybe a little bit low, like 71, 72, I guess. Just because okay, there's cool. so many guys who are going to be in the high 60s, low 70s. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah that's fine. But, that just gives an idea then what we're playing with. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a bit... I wouldn't do that if I was making the game. I would have guys go like, as low down as 50. No, personally. definitely, because, yeah, 50, you actually want some sort of range. Because yeah. everyone's stats look the same, so then you're not really playing with everything different. So, yeah, Mark, I mean, obviously... I've got to say it. Someone's got to. Someone's got to get upset. Get everyone upset. Um, he's obviously he's going to lose points for line out throwing. Is his line out throwing that bad? Because he's not, not, it's, it's really not as I bad as that. It is. Ninety percent. Like even for the box. Like I really don't think his line out throwing is terrible. Look, I like, had, think think about like the main that. thing we know. The the main two things we know Malcolm marks for are his turnovers at the yeah. breakdown and his line out more tries yeah and you don't gets... you don't score that many more tries without having a semi-decent throw into the line out no agreed i'll just i'd like yeah, to say so... i had to mention it because we are going to get angry comments if we don't address the fact that apparently he throws like shit i'd i'd put his line out throwing at like 90 mm, to be yeah, no, fair. and then yeah so turnovers yeah because turnovers is going to be i'm assuming amongst amongst the especially the lucy's and hookers because they tend to be the turnover guys yeah. To be their sort of, besides tackles, going to between tackles and turnovers are going to be their sort of two bread and butter stat sections. I'd assume. Yeah. I'd I'd put in I'd put his turnovers at like ninety five. And we, out of curiosity, where would Yo, we put? Then you would give someone like Pocock ninety nine. What's Pocock's turnover? Yeah, Pocock would be like ninety eight, maybe or something. But he'd also have a big yeah, but, target what, over him what in about, the game. What about Pocock's targetability? Yeah, because I was gonna, I was, I was wondering, does the game have a little <laughs> pop-up, you know, exactly with a little target where Pocock is? Yeah, it's like a mini game where you can target. There's a mini game where you can target him. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah. Uh, Max. Uh, he's a good guy. He's 
guy, if EA said, yo, we're going to do this, he'd be like, okay, cool, I accept that, thanks. <laughs> he'd be like, yeah, look, good. he must probably give away the, the royalties he makes for using his likeness to a charity as well, because he is that good a guy. Yeah. yeah. So, um, okay, so let, let me ask you this question. Who, who would be the top-rated player in the game? I would say it's got to be a fly-half. Okay. Just based on, you know, key things. So, because you scoring points is so, good. Whoever scores So, Richie Boango, in other words. Yeah, it's going to be Richie or Bowden, I reckon, will be the two. Will be like 99 and 98 or something. Do you, do you want a controversial? I would say Sonny Bull Williams. Uh, no, no, no. He's going to be on the cover, Ben. He's not going to be the highest rated. And there's the curse no, of being no, on the cover. Okay, okay, okay. No, but I, I think as a center, he is he is almost the perfect center. I think, don't think know. About, he's not he's not that fast, and he is fast. Like he, he's not that fast. He is fast. I mean, he's faster than me, but like. He's not faster than I don't Rico, know. Like, well, he's not faster than Rico. I think I think Rico would be higher rated than Sonny yeah. Bull. Yeah, actually, just saying that now, I think Rico could also because as a wing, Rico is incredibly well suited to that job. Yeah, yeah. I think that the, I think that your your likely bets for like highest player overall, maybe even someone like Sexton. Just because I feel like he really is like a prototypical fly half. Yeah, I think just based on Whereas how like Barrett's m- not how much a fly Six half. Is a bit... Sorry. I was just saying, based on how much a fly half does, they're more than likely to be a brilliant fly half is more than likely to be rated better than someone who's equally good in a different position. Yeah, or maybe a scrum half. I mean, sorry, not scrum half. No, uh, no they get. I was going to say. I was gonna say lose forward. Yeah, like a like a brilliant blindside or or a fly half or maybe the occasional inside centre, but even then mm. La is not gonna to be top rated and he's most probably the, the, one. Yeah. The thing is but, if but it doesn't say, really, it shouldn't matter. Yeah, no, it shouldn't matter, but I mean we if you look at if you're comp- But if the whole if the whole point is that we we like we're tweaking the stats, I mean your your total rating is based on what your key attributes are, then Sure, for a fly-off, you might have, like, it might be spread over 8 to 10 key attributes. Yeah. But and for a, let's say, a lock, you only have, like, 5 key attributes. But if that's the, if the algorithm recognizes that, then it should be just as easy for a lock to become your, 99 your overall. Your player should be, able to be the perfect player. Yeah, yeah. Also so, a... I mean, I can tell you, I'm looking at the list now. So, in the, the there's only 6 players in Madden rated 99 overall. There are 3 defensive players three offensive players there's one quarterback that's drew Brees. there's one wide receiver that's antonio brown there's then there's one tight end so that's rob gronkowski so those are the three uh, offensive gronk. players gronk then there's aaron donald who's a right end so he's a defensive end and then there's two linebackers in luke quickly i think that's how it's pronounced uh for the panthers and khalil mack for the, uh, the the Chicago Bears, so you know that's a pretty good spread. And if I scroll down, like there's another lineman, there's another lineman, there's a free safety, so he's a defensive back, cornerback, defensive back. So like they've got a pretty good spread of, you can kind of get to 99 overall from almost any position, I think. Yeah. No, I was just yeah, wondering so because it be that 
how much in football is it though where because there's so many on the team as well so if i mean in rugby if your fly-off's having a shit game it's difficult to recover from in uh, yeah. other teeth whereas the team that positions themselves also have a specific weighting as well yeah I mean, yeah i guess yeah because i mean yeah. a team can recover from say a lock having a bad day whereas i don't know i'm just yeah i don't know i think that that factors more into like the gameplay rate yeah. the gameplay mechanics than the actual ratings no true but anyway yeah. okay okay well, yeah. I think... do you want to like talk about any other like positions or players um i'm good i'm gonna say this one aaron smith i reckon is going to get about 75 and then he's going to start a, and then or not him, but someone will start a petition, petition for him to lose six points somewhere. Then he'll have a nice rating. <laughs> <laughs> Is it easier to give him ninety six? No, I think Aaron Smith. Look, I've, scrum offs are going to struggle to get points. This is me. Scrum offs are terrible, so I reckon in this in this scrum off is going to be at around about mid seventies somewhere. A good scrum off. Mid seventies, yeah. Met, I don't think so because like all you need to be yeah, a good scrum off is, is like a really good passing. Pass, yeah, pass is... quick to the breakdown. That's kind yeah, of yeah. Like it's actually pretty easy to be a good scrum off. Yeah, I would say. Yo, you, you you hear that South Africa? It's easy to be a good scrum half. <laughs> well, look. Apparently, Rassi, we've got, you've, you've got my number. We've got Call like four <laughs> that we're willing to take with on tour with us every time. Rusty, Rusty, if you want a good scrum off, just leave a comment in the section below. Yeah, comment section. Um, speaking of, yeah, I think, should we, what, should we call it a, speaking of comment section, should we call it a day there? Yeah, this has been, this has been a shambles of an episode, I think, let's end it as we began, in yeah. chaos. Yeah, God. Okay. So, so, I'm so sorry about my, about my Skype being jumpy, guys, and to the audience. Look, Ben, at least your performance today was better than Adam's in the episode, so. It's true. Yeah, you know, you, you, you overtake everyone on the couch, eh? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Adam's Adam's giving that that Ben Smith Matt Todd esque intangible performance today. Um, oh, just will, will will next week be our fiftieth episode? Oh fuck, I don't know. Oh shit. Um, let me open. Ben, ben asking the important questions. Yeah, you know, uh, some of us we should all know. Well, this. just because then, then, as punishment for missing this episode, I think Adam should uh, work together um, just a best of compilation video, okay. not video, uh, yeah, compilation montage. To release with it yeah special edition for um I think, I don't know. ben i think you are right because yeah last week was 48 this week's 49 episode 49 so yeah ben is correct ben's much better at paying attention to this than any of us um so yeah well let's put that to adam to do something special for our 50th should we should we just get drunk we could do that yes we can That's watch, a good plan. we can all watch a semi and then get drunk and then argue about it afterwards. That sounds like a, that sounds like a party. Yeah. Okay. So getting drunk and watching a semi. So with that to look forward to, um, I'm going to sign out. Thanks. Thanks for joining me, Alex. Thanks, Matt. Sorry, it was a bit up and down, but I <laughs> well, had a good time. I think I think we pulled it off. And thanks for being here, Ben. Yeah. Well, when, when I was here, ben, once again, apologies. Ben, can I have a hammock update? Where are you now? In or out of the hammock? I'm out. I'm out of the hammer because I took a walk around because I thought it was maybe my Wi-Fi, but it wasn't. Okay, because I think you would have been the most stressed person in a hammock in history at one point. Yeah, I, I also need 
needed to pee and it's not like i know the rocking motion like sloshes your bladder or something so uh, fair. yeah okay so speaking of sloshing bladders you can find these episodes on soundcloud and itunes and acast i think those are the three not stitcher as i've said before and you can follow us on twitter and i know we the this this podcast got birthed out of a facebook group and i think if you are somehow listening to this and are not in the facebook group I reckon you guys should give it a join. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yo, yeah but you're going to have to... We have a very uh, tough application process. You have to say why Quacker Smith is your favorite player. And yeah, the mods are dicks, so you're going to have to be very careful with them. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it was very highly regulated. <laughs> the only person we've let in is someone who said Quacker can smell around corners. Oh, that guy was a, <laughs> that guy was a hero. <laughs> okay. Is he actually? Who was that guy? Is he actually? I don't know. We need to check. Let's see if he's actually done anything. Or maybe, maybe he tapped out after that. He just enjoy. He just, he just appeared with the best banter and then just left. Yeah. Oh, We're not good enough to banter with him. Yeah, he just took one look at it and he was like, "Nah, fuck it," and out. Anyway, cheers, guys. <laughs>